You are listening to the sermon stream of the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com sermons. Good morning. I'd like to again welcome everybody here. As uh, previously mentioned, uh, Jay's out of town. He uh, went off to see how his mom was doing in Oklahoma. And, uh, and I was already scheduled for the sermon, so that worked out fine. And then uh, Matt uh, let me do the, uh, the Bible class, so I had a busy uh, weekend getting ready for this. And I Makes you appreciate somebody that does this full time. Uh, and if you've never put a sermon together, even though you talk for 15 or 20 minutes, it takes forever to get everything down and get it all put together. So that's one thing I thought about was uh, how much I appreciate the work Jay puts in every week. So this uh, sermon this morning uh, is one that's... Uh, uh, I've been wondering about myself. So oftentimes these sermons, uh, people will think I'm stepping on their toes or I'm talking to them or I'm pointing towards them. But most of the time I'm pointing towards me. So uh, this has to do with uh, uh, making religion meaningful. And I think it's just a common plague throughout religion is that many of us find ourselves just going through the motion showing up and doing the things we should do, but really it has no meaning for us. Uh, We're not growing. We're not helping the cause of Christ. So we want to encourage uh, people to do that and encourage myself to do that also so that we can uh, make uh, uh, this uh, religion we're involved with every Sunday so important. I was just thinking as we were taking of the emblems, the command of Christ himself says, uh, do this uh, uh, to remember the great sacrifice I had that I've given for you. I was thinking of the millions of people who do not uh, remember that Jesus died on the cross for their sins. Do not commemorate uh, uh, each first day of the week as Christ commanded them to do. Such an important part of Christianity. Well, we want to make religion more meaningful for you. And we want to make religion something, a big part of your life. So that's what we're going to look at. You know, the the biggest problem, people outside of the Christian faith, and they'll often easily tell you this right off the bat, has to do with uh, hypocrites. People not doing what they're saying they're doing. So people are very tired of hypocrites in religion. And oftentimes I talk to somebody outside of Christ. This is where we go to first. Well, in Matthew chapter 6, it's not a new point. We see Jesus uh, talking about this. And we see in a rather long quote here, Jesus talking about people not doing, doing things for men's notice, doing things for the wrong reasons. He says, take heed that you not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from the Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets, that they may have glory for men. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. Verse 3, but when you do a charitable deed, uh, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And your charitable deed may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will himself 
reward you openly. Verse 5, when you pray, you should not be like the hypocrite, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the corners of the streets. They may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have your shut your door, pray to your father, who is in a secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think, and they shall will be heard for their many words. So we understand here Jesus is taking teaching about how we need to keep a humble heart and not be so showy in our religion. We can't be hypocrites saying that we're all about serving God when we're all about serving ourselves. Continuing, uh, we're reading in uh, uh, Matthew 15, Jesus again cites that word hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. And that's very hypocritical to teach uh, 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 words outside of the Bible, words in addition to the Bible. How hypocritical, how hypocrite is that uh, when you're thinking about people and their religious practices. We read in Titus that uh, <clears throat> Paul writing here, he says they claim to know God, speaking of these hypocrites, but their actions, but by their actions, they deny him. And listen to this condemnation. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything. So we don't want to be a hypocrite, do we? We want to people to see us as walking the walk. We're not just talking about God. We're living our lives as God would have us to do. I heard a story last night about a rather famous coach in these parts and that uh, he's real active with the hospice organization. And oftentimes when he finds out somebody's a fan of his team, he'll sign a jersey and give that to this person who's about to die. And they told me that there's quite a few old guys and gals out there that are buried in these uh, jerseys that were given to them. They were so impressed. We didn't hear about that in the news. That's that guy doing something to help somebody not wanting a press for that. That's being acting as you should. That's acting in, uh, for God's service here. We see, uh, uh, and that's how we want to be, non-hypocritical. We want to walk the walk. So how do you make religion more meaningful? And that's what we'll spend the rest of this lesson on, is making religion more important to you, making it more meaningful, meaningful and also more effective for the spreading of the gospel. Well, the first thing you need to do is have the right attitude. And you get that by seeking the truth. That might seem really elemental to most people. Of course, you got to know the rules. Of course, you got to know what happens. But oftentimes, people forget about this. They uh, don't want the truth. And uh, what they want is their own thing going on here. But you have to be diligent and objective and honest with yourself and seek the truth. Some people have no desire at all for the truth. First Peter chapter 2, they're reading in verse 2, 
He says we should be as newborn babes, desiring the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If you ever seen a hungry baby, I mean, they are screaming for all they're worth. They think it's the end of the world. We have a cat like that also. But uh, babies will just go on and on. You see their strong desire for food, and of course, that enhances their survival. And uh, here in First Peter, we're told we should be like that, craving this nutrition, desiring this pure milk of the word, as it's called. He says if we desire that, we can grow. We'll make religion more meaningful to us also, won't we? As we grow, as we desire, as we seek the truth. Also, we have to have an appetite for it. It's not just one meal. We have to continue to grow as Christians, seeking the truth. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 5, there in verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. This is what's so great about this attitude of seeking the truth. You see, we read earlier how you will grow thereby. Here it says we will be filled. Well, we'll be filled with the knowledge of God. The truth that we can find in the gospel, Jesus tells us in Matthew 5. That's one of his beatitudes, to be blessed if you're hungering for the truth. So we have to have this appetite that we're continuing to want to grow. And also we have to have the nobility to uh, seek the truth. So this is uh, the uh, standing or the uh, attitude that causes us to grow. Acts chapter 17 talks about Christians in the first century. There in verse 11, those talking about uh, those who were noble-minded. This version says those were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. And they received the word with all readiness and search the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. See, they were noble in their pursuits. They wanted to grow as Christians. They wanted to grow in the truth that they could find in the gospel. They were so enthused by this gospel of Jesus Christ that they searched the scriptures daily. They'd hear something in a sermon. They'd hear something in a prayer. They might have heard something in the marketplace by one of these Christians. Well, guess what they would do? They would go to the Bible and search the scriptures. These were noble-minded people looking for the truth, not looking for themselves, but looking for advantages for themselves, but looking for advantages in Christianity. Noble-minded in seeking the truth, searching the scriptures uh, daily. <clears throat> we need to know that this searching of truth is something that is essential. John chapter 17, Jesus tells us, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is essential to your salvation, seeking the truth. Another part is making uh, your religion more meaningful is by taking care of your sins. People oftentimes forget about all this part and forget about that Christians sin, 
Forget that Christians need to repent. You know, if you don't get these things taken care of and corrected, they just tend to build on you. We were talking about lies this morning in the Bible class and how many sins are accompanied by lies. Well, lies will just keep heaping up the sin against you. You need to take care of this. You know, Paul, when he was Saul, had some firsthand knowledge of all of this. And in fact, he put it in a great perspective in writing that young preacher in 1 Timothy chapter 1. We'll start reading in verse 12. Paul uh, giving us advice today as he gave Timothy. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant. And the faith and love which are in Jesus Christ. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Of whom I am chief. However, for this reason I obtained mercy. That in me first Jesus Christ might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. Cannot imagine a contrary soul like Saul was before he found Christ. Doing unmentionable things to Christians who are new in the faith. Persecuting them, hauling them off to jail. Traveling great distances to pursue them in other places. He had a vendetta that he was after. This man turned himself around. This man admitted that he was sinful. And this man was thankful for the great mercy and grace that he found in Jesus Christ. And we need to be that way also. Make sure our lives are on track. And if we find ourselves contrary to the word of God, we need to get back on track confessing and repenting of those sins. In James chapter 5, James writes us, he says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We have faith in that statement. We can know that if we turn from our sins, repent from our sins, that we will be healed, as it says here. We will be forgiven. It tells us we can be very effective and fervent as a righteous man, and that could help us get over our sins. You want to be more effective in the cause of Christ, you need to get over your sins and repent of them. Continuing now in 1 John chapter 1, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And finally we read in 1 John chapter 3, there in verse 4, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know, people have a lot of trouble declaring lawlessness sin. They think that things contrary to the word of God are, might be worth some interpretation, might be worth some wavering. But we see here that sin is sin. Anything contrary to the word of God is lawlessness. You know, if you're not partaking of the Lord's Supper first day of the week, you're disobeying the commandment of God. If you're not believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and died for your sins, 
you're committing sin and are lawless, lawless also. We need to be careful about these things. <clears throat> and when this world, of course, needs to be careful about these things and get themselves turned around, you want to be more meaningful in a religion, you need to get your sins behind you. Confess them. Repent of them. Repent means to turn around from them. Turn, to Literally, turn from your sins and get yourself back on track. That's going to make religion a lot more meaningful for you meaningful for you because you're right with Christ doing the things that you need to do <clears throat> admitting our sins and repenting of them another we need, thing we need to do to get our sins behind us <clears throat> and make our religion more meaningful is by letting Jesus be Lord you know who's Lord in most people's lives don't you? It's themselves we need to give ourselves to Jesus Christ. We see that in Paul. When he talked about how he was chosen, thought he was unlikely to be chosen for the cause of Christ. You see in the statement that we read that he let himself be, uh, uh, be used by Christ in his great mission. We too need to let Jesus Christ use us in our lives also. One thing, it's not this every first day of the week. We need to daily decide to do what Christ would have us to do. It needs to be a part of our everyday working lives. Never let it down. Acts chapter 9, there in verse 6. <clears throat> so he, trembling and taunting, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? The Lord said to him, Arise and go in the city. You'll be told what you must do. This is Paul reacting to Jesus appearing on his road to Damascus. And he was trembling and astonished, as all of us would be, about what had happened to him. And he asked the right question, didn't he? What do you want me to do? <laughs> Open-minded. You tell me what to do, you can tell Paul was going to do it. <clears throat> Paul had great obstacles in front of him, but he was going to do what the Lord would have him to do. And it turned out to be a great benefit to the kingdom. Think of all the obstacles that Paul had before him how he went down and uh, uh, preached for a couple of years before he came to Jerusalem and, uh, and still had problems getting acceptance there. But he was teaching the truth of Jesus Christ, and they finally did accept him. Of course, he being so effective for the kingdom of God. Well, Paul decided every day that he would do all he could to, pre to uh, uh, please Christ Jesus. You know, all people need to decide to please him. Here, uh, Paul in 1 Timothy 4 is uh, writing to a young man who's decided to preach the gospel. Must have been a very talented prospect, but given the assignment and the attention that he got, loved to hear a sermon of Timothy when he was young. 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul encouraging him, he says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Don't put up with somebody putting you down for being young. And the best way you can handle that is to serve as a great example. He says you can do things to help others have confidence in you, in the things that you do, in the way that you love, in the spirit that you have, in the faith that you exhibited. 
and the purity you have in your lives. All these things will help you make your religion more meaningful. I remember when I was young, the elders here and the preacher got married when I was 21, started attending church here in uh, 79, and uh, wasn't too long after that they had me teaching in a high school class. Wasn't too long after that they had me leading songs. And I don't think it was too long after that they had me uh, leading an adult class also or uh, preaching in there. And uh, I was looking over some of my old, old sermons, and they've gotten a little bit better. But <laughs> I wasn't too happy with some of those I read uh, last night. But uh, <clears throat> young people, you've got a great start in Christ Jesus. You need to do, uh, stay that way by letting Jesus be Lord. Also, preachers sometimes can lose the word, and they need to be careful also by letting Jesus be Lord. I'm in 2 Timothy, Paul advising that young preacher again, he says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not to me to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You know, you can have a bit of confidence in yourself and your religion by doing these things. If you work hard, to have a meaningful religion. You'll get confidence in that. You won't be ashamed of yourself if you're working hard in religion. It says here you need to rightly divide the word of truth. What does that mean? That means to study it, but also to study it honestly, with an open mind. You know, sometimes people read the Bible and want it to, to say what they want it to say. So they'll take things out of context or take sentences apart and do certain things to make the Bible say what it's not really saying. Preachers must decide to please the Lord Jesus Christ and rightly divide the word of truth. That's quite a warning to all of us who decide to teach anybody in a class or in one-on-one. -on -one. Be careful. <clears throat> if you're rightly dividing the word of Christ, you're letting Jesus Christ be Lord, and your religion is going to become more meaningful. First John, <clears throat> they're reading in verse chapter 3, verse 22. Whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. That's letting Jesus be Lord in your life. Hope everybody today commits himself to let Jesus Christ be their Lord. You do that, your religion will become much more meaningful. Also, you can increase your faith, become a stronger Christian by serving Christ. It's not a part-time job. It's not something you do for an hour on Sunday. It's something you do every day, serving Jesus Christ. People will see that in your lives, and you'll have great effect. Going back to Saul, before he became Paul, he understood a proper perspective here. On what he should do. Acts chapter 9 verse 6. Again it says. He was trembling and astonished his Lord. What do you want me to do? We should have every that attitude every day in our lives. Jesus Christ. Tell me what to do. Show me the way. That's the serving Christ Jesus. Lord said to him. Arise. Go into the city. And you'll be told what you must do. Jesus Christ saying us that today. He tells us to get off our bottoms and go work for him. He'll tell us what to do. You just need to ask. He'll show you the way. We have great confidence in that even today. 
verse 20, Paul speaking again, chapter 9 of Acts, immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues, and that he is the Son of God. So Paul didn't mess around, did he? He didn't kind of ease into things with them Jews he was, uh, he was after. He went out and preached Jesus Christ as Lord. He went out and served Jesus Christ as he would have him to do. He went out and told everybody that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. Follow him. <clears throat> Saul here, serving Christ and saying that he was saved because he was to serve others. Also, we understand that by serving Christ, you must you get out of what you put into it. You know, if you don't put much into something, you're not going to get much out. You can see that in all your work, can't you? You know, if you just halfway weed the garden, you're still going to have weeds. You know, you, if you just halfway clean the dishes, you're still going to have dirty dishes. Well, if you just halfway serve Christ, you're not going to get much out of it either. Your religion won't be all that meaningful. Turning to the Gospel of Matthew here, in Matthew chapter 10, there it says, He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Think about the implications of that. Losing your life for Christ's sake. Jesus tells us you'll find it then. Most people just lose their lives for themselves, don't they? They're just concerned of what's going to benefit them. Well, don't worry about that, Matthew t- the writer Matthew tells us here. He tells us to lose your life for Christ's sake. So then you'll find it. Then you'll know what to do. That makes your religion more meaningful. Matthew chapter 16, uh, they're reading in verse 25. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Another verse here in Luke chapter 9 Verse 24, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. That's a difficult concept to think about, but that's how you can make your religion more meaningful, by serving Christ, giving it all to Christ Jesus. We need to have that type of attitude. You need to ask yourself from time to time, whom will you serve? Who's it going to be? Are you going to serve man are you going to serve Christ Jesus? There's no in-between. You can't find some safe gray, gray ground. You can't find some fence to sit on. Who are you going to serve? Jesus Christ or man? Or yourself? If you serve Christ, your religion is going to be much more meaningful and be much more effective in Christ Jesus. You know, a lot of people have this uh, in their house on a little plaque. And I was in an old house one time, and I found a little plaque that had this on there also. Joshua chapter 24. Quite a great story here, and that can be your homework assignment for today. Go ahead and read Joshua 24. But here the great prophet says about his situation and who he's going to serve. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15. Hopefully you all stand up and say that same thing today. As for you and your house, I'm going to serve the Lord Jesus. Great quote there from the great prophet Joshua. So this lesson this morning tells us about how to make religion more meaningful. <clears throat> 
We understand that we become more meaningful by seeking the truth in Christ Jesus. Truth is found here in this gospel I have in front of me. It tells us how to live our lives. We have examples of first century Christians turning to the scriptures daily in their lives, making their religion more meaningful for them. So resolve today to study the Bible more, to learn more about Christ Jesus. The more you study, the more you will learn. You might be like me, 62 years old, been reading the Bible since parochial school. And I think I might know most of it, you know, every time I open the Bible. Every time I prepare one of these lessons, I learn more and I gain greater insight by seeking the truth and doing your best to expand your knowledge regarding the truth. You know that you'll make religion much more meaningful and be more effective in God's kingdom. We can't let sins encumber us. They can just pile up on you like a big load. We need to get sins behind us. By admitting, confessing them, and repenting of them, turning yourselves around. That's how we can make religion more meaningful for us also. You know, we have to have the proper perspective this morning also. We need to have that perspective by letting Jesus rule our lives. Letting Jesus be Lord of our lives. That bracelet and everything that uh, people were wearing. What would Jesus do? That's a good attitude to have. I don't know if I want to wear a plastic bracelet, but uh, we need to look into situations and see how Jesus would do that. How would Jesus handle this situation? That's how we should do our lives. Even if it doesn't seem best to us, doing what the Lord would have us to do, letting him be the boss, that's how we make religion more meaningful. And finally, resolve to serve Christ Jesus. Resolve to dedicate yourself to grow as a Christian. Resolve to let others know about Christ Jesus. Do what you can to help them. And uh, those things will help you make serving Jesus or making your religion more meaningful. So are you doing these things in your lives? Or are you like me and need to improve on some of these things in your lives? We want you to consider these things this morning. If you've yet to name Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you have not been buried with him in baptism, we can take care of that today. If you believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord, the Son of God, we can get you baptized today and make you a follower and a believer in Christ Jesus, serving your life as a Christian in a meaningful religion with Christ. Maybe you've fallen away. You You need the prayers and the encouragement of this congregation. We can help you out with that, and we're ready to help also. Whatever your need may be, we ask you to stand and come forward as together we stand and sing. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available at mulvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.